Hello, my lovelies. It is a quick one today, but a very important potentially save somebody's life tip session today. Hello and welcome to the Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers podcast. I'm Dr. Erin Bow, a clinical psychologist and coach. And if you are new to this podcast, welcome. My goal is that you will get yourself out of isolation and get yourself out of a rut and learn as much as you can possibly learn about birth trauma so that you can be with other people and help them through their trauma by dealing with your own stuff and growing and finding all that beautiful strength and resilience and delicious stuff that there is to be found at the other end of doing the really uncomfortable work. So today I want to ask for starters if you wouldn't mind going and leaving a review for me because that helps bump the podcast up so that people can find it more easily. I just want as many people as possible to find the information. Really, that's all the goal of this podcast is, and it indulges my, you know, desire to just talk to people and hear their stories, because I love hearing people's stories, and I think other people do too. Today, I want to talk to you about an important topic, though. The one question that potentially you could ask that would help determine the difference between psychosis and anxiety. Now, before I get into this, please be mindful of slaying in your lane, I suppose, which people mostly do, but sometimes they don't out of a desire to want to help and be an expert. Determining psychosis is a really, really complex thing. So I do not in any way, shape or form want to give the impression that maternal mental health assessment is easy or that there's just one thing that you can do that will fix everything. It's not about that. But I think this is a question that sometimes experts do not think to ask because they see the story that they want to see playing out in front of them and not actually looking at the person who is in front of them. It's like this classic thing where when I used to do exam marking, so, so, so many times people go into that exam room and they don't read the question in front of them. They answer the question that they have in their head that they have prepared for studying. Hello, who has done that once or twice? (laughs) They're prepared for something that they think they see. So they're not actually looking. They're responding to something they think they see based on years and years and years of programming. So what is the question? The question really is a matter of where do you think the thoughts are coming from? Simple as that. Where do you think the thoughts are coming from? So for someone who is having anxiety, depression, a panic attack, something of that nature, even if the content is really scary and they're really distressed and it's the extreme stuff like I'm worried I'm going to throw my baby out the window and I'm having all sorts of horrible thoughts about not wanting to be here anymore or whatever it might be, even the most anxious person and quite often a depressed person, although depression is a bit tricky, so I'm just going to focus on anxiety and psychosis today, not so much depression. Even the most anxious person, if you talk to them, get them to settle a little bit, they can probably still tell you, yep, the thoughts are inside my head, as in they are not coming from some external source. So really, the contrast then For someone who's experiencing psychosis, they're also going to be distressed. They might be agitated. They're typically not going to be making a lot of sense. And often they have no awareness of where their thoughts are coming from. Or rather they're under the, I suppose, experience of thinking that their thoughts are being implanted 
or that they're coming from some sort of source, either something they can hear or something they can see typically that you can't see or can't hear. So it might be the government is implanting my thoughts. It might be coming from bugs in the pot plant. It might be I can see someone else in the room. And often what happens with people who are, are psychotic at the time is that they will respond. So you look where their eyes are going and they will almost be like responding to something else in the room as if it's there or they'll be looking around and they'll be feeling suspicious and maybe getting hostile and those sorts of things. So you can't really talk somebody down from psychosis. When someone is psychotic, typically they need to go to hospital. They need proper care and proper assessment and proper intervention. And it tends to just get worse unless you can get them that, at least in the interim, temporary intervention to help reset their body, reset their brain, so to speak, because otherwise they stop eating, they stop drinking water, they just become really, really, really unwell really, really fast. So you can't talk someone down from psychosis, whereas with anxiety, what typically happens is that fight or flight thing gets set off, it peaks, and then it will crash. And at some point, usually like not that far away, the person's sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system will sort of rebalance, put the brakes on, and that person will be able to respond to you. They will be able to sort of, you know, calm down in some way, shape or form, even if it's not a lot, but they will still be able to be responsive to questions like, okay, where do you think the thoughts are coming from? Can you recognise that these thoughts are in your head or do you think they're coming from somewhere else? And that's usually a defining factor from extreme anxiety again versus psychosis you can talk someone down from anxiety typically typically speaking look sometimes it involves hospitalization sometimes it needs medication this is like it's a case-by-case thing this is not like paint by numbers mental health at all I don't want to be simplifying it at all but sometimes when you hear those horrific news stories where a mum has been taken to hospital and there's threats to take her baby away and all those sorts of things and she doesn't have psychosis Maybe she's sleep deprived. Maybe she has no support at home. Maybe she's tearing her hair out with anxiety and sleep deprivation and all of those things that sometimes can mimic psychosis, including, you know, drug and alcohol use. That's a different story. But you just think, had there been the thought to actually sit with the person and ask them, where do you think your thoughts are coming from? See how they respond. What do they respond to? What can they tell you? For me as a mental health practitioner, Typically, I'm much more interested in somebody's insight and their awareness than I am in the actual content of the thoughts. And I know for so, so many new parents who have all sorts of weird and wonderful thoughts due to the hormones, due to the oh, the massive crash of hormones that happens, they're not sleeping, they're not eating, all the things that we know happen postpartum that can result in some really distressing and unwanted thoughts. And people are terrified to go and tell someone because they think, I'm going to be locked up, my baby's going to be taken away, they're going to make me take medication. And when you hear those stupid stories in the media, it's no wonder. I guess the thing is to also keep in mind that psychosis is not akin to violence. So many times in the media we see reports of women, typically women, mums, who experience postpartum psychosis and then commit infanticide 
so they kill their babies. That is such a rare behaviour. I cannot stress that enough. Please do not think that if somebody is psychotic, they're going to be violent. Violence is not a symptom, it's not a typical symptom of psychosis. Same with all the schizophrenia-related illnesses. The media loves to put those two things together because it makes a sensationalist story and all it does is, like, confuse people and scare them, which is not what we want. So violence associated with psychosis and infanticide, extremely, extremely rare. It does happen, but in most cases, that's not what you're going to be dealing with. Psychosis for a postpartum parent, it might be that they are really agitated and really suspicious and really just hostile, I suppose. As I said, possibly responding to something else in the room that you can't see or you can't hear, just not making a lot of sense and not able to, you're not able to do anything by talking to them to bring them back down and get them feeling calmer and assessing what's real and what's not real. Different case with anxiety. Anxiety, you can talk to someone through that. You can find out what is the content of their thoughts and also, as I said, where do they think the thoughts are coming from? Although psychosis sometimes presents as being highly, highly, highly elevated. So we're not talking like the oxytocin high where you're really happy and full of energy. That's nice. (laughs) It's good if you can get it. But we're talking this going on for days and it's there's just no settling whatsoever. So whilst initially it seems like wouldn't that be a nice experience, and for some people mania and psychosis are a pleasant experience and they get a lot done and they get a huge wave of energy, which sometimes then feeds back into why it's difficult to get people um, to not want to feel like that. But, of course, with that, then there is the massive crash And when you're psychotic or manic at the time, you're not able to forward plan and realise that there's going to be a crash because you think the experience, the unreal, I suppose, temporary experience of feeling amazing, as can sometimes happen when people are psychotic, is permanent. They don't seem to follow that it's not permanent and they're going to crash afterwards. So that is very much a fly by the seat of your pants, like intro into what might be anxiety versus what might be psychosis but that question could help somebody and that is my goal is not to as I said minimize mental health assessment it is really 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 complex and this is not something you want to take on for yourself unless you are an experienced perinatal mental health clinician this is something to leave to the experts but that question might just help in terms of the helping a client go actually no you're okay you don't have to go to hospital I know this is scary I know it's terrifying but what you're experiencing is anxiety and this is pretty normal and this is what we can do to help you through it so if some of that was useful could you consider please please pretty please (laughs) leaving me a review so that it helps um, bump the ratings so that more people can find the information that they need for this podcast and I just get the information to the people who might need the people. That would be super helpful. And as always, if you want to do mentoring with me, if you want to do further training in birth trauma, go to my website, drerin.com.au. All the information there is there. All the information for the podcast show notes is always there. So hopefully that's helpful and that is my pearl of wisdom for today. I hope you are having a most beautiful day.
for joining me again today. Remember all the show notes, everything to do with the podcast, guests, further resources, information, that kind of thing. Also information about how to work with me if you're interested in doing further birth trauma training or you want to do mentoring is on my website, drerin.com.au and I'm on Instagram at drerinbell. So that's mostly where I hang out, sometimes on Facebook, but not very often. So that's where I am and that's where you can find me. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you.